0: Good evening, redeemed family and friends. It is indeed a pleasure to be before you on tonight. Uh, It's been a little while. I wanna join Edith and you know shout out Minister Pittman, four weeks in a row. Whew, great job, Minister Pittman, great job. Well, on tonight, I'm before you and the topic is get ready for your now. Uh, This topic was on my heart very heavily, um, five, six weeks ago. Minister Rand um, preached about it, Don't Miss the Moment, on the second Sunday in the month of June. And I thought, you know, that's it. That's enough. That's it. But it came back and it's still burning on the inside of me. So I certainly want to make sure that I share. I want to also acknowledge Edith. She does such an amazing job, you know, hosting Bible study and whatnot, and so we're just so thankful for everyone that's in their respective places. It indeed does take a village. I also want to praise God for my pastors, Bishop James F. Harris and Lady Sylvia Harris, and I want to do something a little different tonight and never really talk about my family. I want to shout out my daughter, Alexis Brooks, my son, Ellis Brooks, my other son, Keith Brooks, and my other son, Adam Randolph, and I want to praise God also for my husband Keith Rodden. Brooks. He and I recently celebrated 26 years of marriage. And certainly we praise God for all of that. Much of that is due to the grace of God. And then also to our wonderful pastors who have modeled what it means to be married and to have a relationship and, you know, manage a family. So we are just blessed here at Redeem to have such wonderful examples. Well, with that, then let us move further into the word of God. Let me just take a moment for um, a bit of prayer before we go in. Father, we thank you for this opportunity on tonight. Lord, we know that you do all things well. We put ourselves into your hands, Lord, and we ask that you have your perfect way on tonight. You know what we have need of, Lord. You have full control of my mouth, Lord. Let your thoughts come forth, your words come forth with power, boldness, and clarity, Lord, to meet the needs of your people in the name of Jesus. And Father, we'll give your name praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Okay. And so get ready for your now. Get ready for your now. And Edith said, you don't have to get ready if you're already ready. But what I'm finding out is that a lot of us ain't ready. (laughs) So that's why we have to get ready for our now. Our primary scripture is going to come from the book of Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, and the King James version. And it reads, now faith... Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, when we see that word now, that means at the present time or at the present moment. Something else about that word now is that it is a time for action. You see, unless it's now, you really can't do anything about it. Because your actions happen in the now. Your actions do not happen in the past and your actions do not happen in the future. Your actions and what you do can only happen in the now. And this is why we have to get ready for our now. Because many times when we're in the midst of our now or in our present, we don't always consciously be aware of our actions and what we're doing, and we can miss the moment as Minister Rand said. I have a quick analogy for you. Some of you may have heard about this using time, which in my opinion is one one of our most precious commodities, but using time, um, we know that there are 86,400 seconds in a day. Let me ask you, say if you had $86,400 in that day, if it was in your account, And let's just say that someone had stolen $10 from you. If they stole $10 from you, would you be upset and throw all of the rest of the money away? All $86,390 in the hopes of maybe getting back at the person who took the $10? Or would you move on and live and spend the rest of that money for that day? I think many of us would say, I'm gonna move on and live and I'm gonna spend the rest of that money for that day. Even though we say that with our mouths, we don't always do that. Sometimes when we're in the now, and if something happens, we will allow whatever happened to rob us of other moments throughout that day. I'm reminded of the scripture in John 10 and 11 that says, the thief does not come except to steal, And to kill and to destroy. But I have come that thou might have life and have it more abundantly. I think I've shared in a previous Bible study lesson the difference between a robber and a thief. The thief takes something and you don't even know it's gone like Samson. You think you can shake yourself and it's still there, but it's not because the thief has been there and taken it as opposed to a robber, you know that they took that thing. Now, what is it then that is so precious that this thief is trying to steal it? And how is it that we're not aware that sometimes it's even being stolen? That that most precious thing is your present time, your present, the present. Like now, this very moment, in this very moment, You can see me if you're looking at this screen. You can hear my voice if you you have your hearing is okay, if you've got your volume turned up. These are part of the things that help you to know that you're in the present and that you're in the moment. Unfortunately, many of us tune out a lot of things. We don't necessarily attend to the things that are in front of us. And oftentimes we've got our minds riddled with things that have either happened in the past or we're worried about things that may happen in the future. And because of that, that is a way that the enemy can steal one of our most precious commodities, our time, or our gifts, which are in the present. You can only really use your gift in the present, so to speak. That is if you're actively using it or if someone's actively reading it. And when we're not in the present, that's when we miss out. Let me just take a moment and say here, I've seen so many examples where there's individuals, something can happen. One thing can happen to them in that day. They spend the whole rest of the day in a tizzy, worried, distraught, bothered by what happened to them, missing out on all the other moments that they would have experienced. Some people have really missed out on seeing their children do something great. Some people have missed out on a great meal. Others have missed out on relationships. And some of us have even missed out not just on moments, but on weeks and months and years of peace and happiness because we've been so bogged down and so bothered about something that was stolen or taken away from us either that day, yesterday, last week, last month, or last year. And really, truly, the only way that we're going to enjoy our life right now is to be in the present. Because if we are in the present, that is where God's gifts are being given to us continuously. Amen? John 10 and 10 says, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, let me talk a little bit more about this story. Most times we are trained to think that when people are stealing something, they're stealing a tangible object. You know, money, cars, homes, um, you know, clothing. You know, these are things that really can be replaced, even though many of those things tend to have value. What our enemy is looking to steal are those things that are intangible, those things that are kind of difficult for some of us to measure. And some of that includes your joy, your peace your faith, your relationships. He even attempts to try and steal your dreams, your hopes, and the list goes on and on. And the way that he does that is he has us to identify with a lot of things that either have happened in the past or he has us worrying about what's going to happen in the future. See, when I'm identifying so much about what's happening in the past, I'm no longer in the present. My mind is in the past. I'm thinking about the past. I'm thinking about what's gone wrong. I'm thinking about the last time I was hurt. I'm thinking about the last time I was wounded. And when I'm in the past, because now faith is, faith is right now in the now. So when I'm in the past, I really can't properly exercise faith because I'm not in the now. Why? Because now faith is And so if I have faith now, then I can allow the spirit of God to dwell and move through me. But if I'm having faith in yesterday and what happened yesterday, or if I'm having faith in what might happen tomorrow, then those things start to rob me, even of being able to hear what God is saying at that present time. And I know we've talked about this some in the past, but this is a message that we need to get. And the reason why we need to get it is because It just keeps coming back. You might win one time, win three times, but it just keeps coming back. And it's a habitual robber of our present joy. It's a habitual robber of our faith in what God can do in our lives. It continues to steal and kill. And we don't realize that it's happening, but it's happening. And sometimes we don't realize until it's just a little too late. So now. When we are identifying with with the past, it creates screens of concepts and labels and images and things of that nature. And these things can start to come in between, as I said, us and the spirit of God. It can also come in between us and our fellow man. You know, if we're thinking about something that went wrong the last time, Then naturally, many of us will project and be concerned that this same thing might go wrong the next time. Some of us will draw back as a cause of it. Some of us may not put forth our gifts, may not do everything that we need to do. This is why the book of Ephesians chapter five and 15 says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. In verse 17, wherefore, do not be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, this is yet another example. Let's look at this scripture. It says, walk circumspectly. What this means is to step gingerly, that we should watch out that we should avoid contact with undesirable influences and that we should redeem our time. What does that mean? Recognize that our time is precious and that it is not to be thrown away or stolen. That our time is not meant to be spent ruminating on things that are not gonna bring glory to you or glory to God, that are not gonna prosper you into the direction wherefore God sent you. But what it means is that we have to be circumspect We have to be aware and understand that we are in a war and the enemy is after our faith. He's after our peace. He's after our joy and our dreams and our goals. He's after our families. And when we're so busy in the past or the future, we can't even be present. And that scripture told us that we have to redeem the time. And if we're in the now, that's been in the now where we understand what the will of the Lord is. If we're so busy thinking about yesterday, God says, behold, I will do a new thing. If we're so busy worried about tomorrow, God says, I will do a new thing. So we have to be in the now. We have to be in the present so that we can understand what God is saying and what he's doing. And if we're able to do that, then we can hear him clearly. And then we can move forth and do what God says do. You know, there's an example that I'm reminded of. I believe it was Elijah. Who the Syrian army was coming upon him and one of his servants and was looking to destroy them and the people of Israel. And when the servant of God, it's in 2 Kings 6, 15 and 18. And when the servant of Elisha, um, they all rose early and they came out, this servant saw this Syrian army surrounding them in horses and chariots. And he said, alas, master, what shall we do? But Elijah wasn't dreaming, dealing in the past. When there was a past defeat, he wasn't even looking towards to the future. He was dealing with the now and he answered and he said to him, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I submit unto you, my brothers and my sisters, in order to make a statement like that, when you see the enemy lined up, ready to shoot darts at you, you've got to be in the present. You've got to be hearing what God is saying in the now, in that moment. You've got to be circumspect. And what did Elijah do? He prayed and he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord did open the young man's eyes and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. And in this text, what we see is someone who was not present and someone who was. Because Elijah was present, he was able to see what God is doing. And thank God the other man did cry out. When you realize you're not present, he cried out. And Elijah prayed for him and said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see who is with us. Because I don't need nobody speaking no doubt right now. I don't need nobody thinking it ain't going to work right now. I need everybody moving in the same direction that God has encouraged us to move into. And so when the Syrians came down, Elijah prayed to the Lord and said, "Strike the people, I pray with blindness. And he struck them and they were able to move forward. And so this scripture is just a great example of someone who can sort of be there, but they can be living out of fear of the past, fear of when they had a defeat in the past. But Elisha is our perfect example. Even if we are facing an army of foes, if God be for us, he's more than the world against us. And we've got to be in the present so we can think clearly and so we can hear what God is saying and also have the presence of mind to be able to pray. Amen. All right. So what do we do? We do what Proverbs 3 and 4 says. We have to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, we have to acknowledge him and allow him to direct our path. You know, this way of doing things. And you might say, you know, Jessica, I've heard us talk about this thinking before. I've heard Bishop talk about the stinking thinking. And he does a great job with that, by the way, because we do have stinking thinking. But I just want to submit on to you tonight. My goal tonight My goal tonight, by the way, for this Bible study is to raise your desire to fan the flames and to raise your desire to be in the now, to not be in the past, to not be all in your head about what happened yesterday. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? But it's really to raise your desire to want to be in the now, because in the now is where your gift is. In the now is where your present is. And God is in the now. And that's where you can hear him in the now. The mind is really a great thing when it's able to work correctly. When we use it incorrectly, though, it can become destructive. It can start to hinder us. It can help us to see things in the wrong way. It can help to shape a wrong perspective, so to speak. Proverbs 23 and 7 says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if I'm thinking those good things, like it says in Philippians, whatever is true and honest and just and lovely and of a good report, I'm going to get more of that. And that is where I am. But if I'm thinking of demise, if I'm thinking of, you know, doom and gloom, then I'm going to get more of that. And that's going to keep me away from what God has for me. There was a philosopher. His name is Descartes. And he said, I think, therefore I am. He just read said the scripture in Proverbs 23 and seven in a different way. As a man thinketh, so is he. We have to be mindful about what we're thinking of because based on what we're thinking, there's death and life in the power of the tomb. What we think soon will come out of our mouths. We, we don't necessarily connect it all the time, but it does. If we're thinking good things, if we're thinking, even if we're just joking, even if we're just having pillow talk, even if we're just talking to one of our ace comb so to speak, we have to be mindful about what we allow to come out of our mouths based on that thinking. If something didn't work in the past, and then we say, oh, it ain't gonna work again this time. I already seen this movie. Or if somebody, something, you know, this relationship broke down in the past, you might say, it's not gonna work this time because I've already seen how this goes. We have to be careful because if we speak it, so we shall have it. We have creative power just like our father. So we wanna be mindful of that and understand that there's power in our tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit, so to speak. So our goal, if you will, is to free ourselves from worry about the past, anxiety about the future and learn to be in the present so that we can enjoy the present. Um, So the first step in doing that is we can start to begin to exist in the present right now. Now, what that means is that how are we existing in the past? I want to make sure we're clear about that. Rehearsing those things that have happened in the past and judging current things based on the past. We do that. Or we exist in the future. That is, we start to predict what's going to happen next. We start to predict how things are going to happen. And when we keep doing that, you know, even when the mind seems to be concerned with the present, it's not because what it sees is those perspectives from the past or those perspectives from the future. Isaiah 43 and 18 says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. And verse 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Notice that it says now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? That happens in the now. I'm going back to the now again. All of that happens in the now. What? You mean I get to exercise my faith in the now? That's right. So you can't exercise faith yesterday because yesterday is gone. You can't exercise faith tomorrow because tomorrow's not here yet. If you're gonna have faith, now faith is. It's in the now. And God says, now it shall spring forth. I shall do a new thing. Well, if you're not in the now, you're gonna miss it. If you're in the past, you won't see what God is doing. You won't see what's springing forth. You'll be at the old place waiting on the old thing that was done the last time, as opposed to being where God is right now. Wanna remind you of what Kung Fu Panda said. He said, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. But who doesn't want us to get our present? Of course, the enemy. Why? That's all. That's where all your power is. All your power is in the now. That's when you can speak and declare in the now. All your power is in the now. But most of us are operating on autopilot. Why is it so important? Because it's in the now that we tear down the kingdom of Satan. It is in the now that we decree and declare. It is in the now that we speak life. It is in the now that we inherit the promises of God. It is in the now that we encourage one another. It is in the now that we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. It is in the now that we speak in Psalms and hymns and lift up one another. It is in the now that we think on those things that are true and honest and just and lovely. All of that is in the now. That's why he's trying to rob us of our now. If he can keep us back in the past, it renders us of none effect. It's almost like this false advertising. When you allow your mind to stay in the past and past events and things of that nature, he tricks you to think you're going to get something done, but you're not. Why? Because you're not in a place of action. Action only happens in the now. He's just keeping you stalled. And not only that, he's stalling you out to the point where you won't even have the energy to deal with the now. You'll be so tired from dealing with the past that you won't have the energy to deal with it now. Or you'll be so worn out from being worried about the future that you can't even see the now. You can't even appreciate what's going on. What do I mean by missing out on the now? Let me ask you, have you ever arrived at a place and you didn't know how you got there or you didn't remember how you got there? You don't remember seeing anything along the way? Is that only me? (laughs) Am I the only one who's had that problem? Or have you ever sort of like you ate something yesterday and somebody said, what did you eat? Or even earlier that day, you might say, "Hmm, what did I eat? Sometimes we're so busy doing what we think we've gotta do and operating on autopilot that we don't even take a moment to enjoy what God has given us. And he's given us so many wonderful gifts so many beautiful views, so many memorable moments. And I just get so frustrated and tired of the enemy stealing these moments from us. Sometimes, you know, they say that there are some amazing artists that can paint some beautiful things. But God is also showing us some beautiful things right in front of our eyes. But we miss it. Why? Because we're worried about the past, we're anxious about the future. Or thinking on something that has already transpired. I submit on you, we must live in the now. Now faith is. Because when we are in the now, then we can exercise our faith. When we're in the now, we can hear what God is saying to us. When we're in the now, we can do something about the future. When we're in the now, we can do something about the future. You can't really do much about the past. The past is the past. But if you're in the now, you can start to speak positivity, life, hope. You can decree and declare about what's happening in the future. That is where we tear Satan's kingdom down in the now. It's where we tear it down. I hope you're getting this. This is why he goes to such great efforts to try and help us stay fixated on things in the past so that we don't know how valuable and powerful we are so that we miss out on the great thing that God is putting right in front of us. You know, there's so many miracles that God does every single day. I call them miracles. We miss them. We're not appreciative for them. Sometimes we take them for granted or we don't even acknowledge them. Here's a quick one tonight that I think you would appreciate. When I sent my Bible study lesson into this awesome team that helps make all of this happen, I had actually written, get ready for your present. I wrote that Moving too fast. I wasn't in the now. And when I looked, I thought, wow, maybe I'll call them and say, no, it should be get ready for your now. But I says, I won't bother them. Lo and behold, believe it or not. When I looked at it on YouTube, Danielle had written, get ready for your now. And that's just another way that God can really go over and above. If he's concerned about small things, we know he's concerned about big things. But sometimes we miss out on those things. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says that for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. To the obedience of Christ. Let me make sure you understand. There's a lot of action that's happening in that scripture. So what we're saying, we're walking. Another action is saying, you know, we understand the weapons of our warfare, we're pulling down strongholds. Well, where can you pull down a stronghold? In the now. You cannot pull down a stronghold from yes in yesterday. Yesterday's gone. You got to be in the now to pull down the stronghold. Casting down arguments, where do you cast those down? You cast those down in the now. Where do you realize that someone is trying to rear its ugly head and exalts itself against the knowledge of God? You notice that in the now? Where can you bring your thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ? You do that in the now. But you have to be consciously aware of it and you have to make a choice. You have to ask yourself, am I living in yesterday or yesteryear? Am I living in tomorrow? Am I living right now? Because if we're living in the now, this is when we can do something about our current state. This is when we can start to speak and declare about things that may happen in the future. Even the scripture tells us that we shouldn't worry about things. If God clothed the lily of the fields, then of course he's going to take care of us. And sometimes this type of behavior can sort of lead to depression. Yeah, it can. And anxiety. That is really where anxiety comes from. And most times, 97, 98% of the time, anxiety comes from living in the future. Worrying about what people are going to say. Will it be all right? Are they going to like it? Is my outfit going to be okay? Will my, you know, will this get shut off? Am I going to get a bad report? Is something going to come through for me? And we spend so much of our time, all of that time that I talked about, thinking about those things that we miss out on the current moment. In the current moment, nothing's shut off many times. In the current moment, we're feeling all right many times. In the current moment, all is well. But the enemy doesn't want you to focus there because then you'll start to understand who you are and whose you are. And you realize that you have power in them now. And when you realize that God is for you, and he's more than the world against you. And you're not gonna be robbed by any demon or any imp that's sent from the pit of hell to try to rob you of your gifts in your present moment, because your gift is the present. It is the present. And that is what God is doing for us. So then we must make a choice. We must choose. We must, and by the way, when we talk about a choice, it's something that is preferred above others. It's the best part of fine quality, excellent appealing and refined taste. We know all about choices in the Bible. The Bible talks about choice vines, choice people, cities, choice men for battle, choosing a sheep or a flock, choosing gold or silver, choosing. We must make this decision. You know, in in my field of psychology, uh, much of what I do with many of my amazing, amazing uh, clients is try to get them in the now because they're so worried about what happened yesterday and they're reliving it and they're letting yesterday steal their current moment. So I try to get them to choose whether or not they wanna stay in the past or choose whether they wanna be in the present. Get them to decide and prefer the present as opposed to yesterday and tomorrow. Joshua 24, 15 said from a choice perspective, uh, and if it seemed evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. This is a choice. This is a choice. And some of those things that we're propping up, that we need to cast down, it's something that sometimes have happened in the past. Perhaps it's some disappointment. Perhaps it's some hurt. Perhaps it's some trauma. I don't know. And I'm not saying it's so easy to get past them, but choose to be in the present and not ruminate on them so that you can know what God is saying in the current and present hour. There is a question that I was gonna ask and one of those questions has to do with whether or not we have become, whether or not we've allowed our struggle to become our identity. I'm gonna say that again. Have we allowed our struggle, whatever we've struggled with, have we allowed that to become our identity? Is that the thing that we talk about all the time? Is that the thing that we think about all the time? We have a choice in this matter. We can choose whether or not we wanna be identified as a victor or as a victim. Whether we wanna be a child of the most high God who's fearfully and wonderfully made, who believes that all things work together for our good, or if we wanna be identified by some of the struggles that we've had. No problem acknowledging the struggles as long as we look at the trial that leads to the triumph If we stay on the trial and never get to the triumph, then we're being robbed of our gifts and our present moments. So we do have to make a choice. Deuteronomy 30 and 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. And I admonish us all on tonight choose to live in the now, choose to live in the now as we live in the now, because now faith is, and God is always doing a new thing. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. But if we can live in the now, we have a chance to hear from him because we're not so distracted by that noise from yesteryear or the noise with worry on tomorrow. So we want to make sure that we make good choices that we lean not to our own understanding, but we trust in God. You know, I think it's um, in Jeremiah seventeen five through 10, he explained it sort of this way. Thus saith the Lord, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm and whose heart departed from the Lord. For he shall be like the heat in the desert and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt and land not inhabited. But blessed is the man, that trusteth in the Lord and to have faith, faith is now and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be a, like a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river. And he shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful. The heart. So so with that, what we're saying is we have this choice. We want to make the choice to live in the now. be present. We don't want to miss our gifts that God has given us. We don't want to allow ourselves to be so consumed with those things that are not lifting us up, that are not building us up, that are not keeping us in the moment and helping us to hear what God is saying. These are indeed perilous times. And it is during these times that we are having some significant warfare. It's hard to fight if you're fighting the demon yesterday. We got to fight the demon that's coming for us right now. And how do we do that? We make sure we be in the now some ways that we know we're in the now, take note of what you see. Take note of what you hear. Take note of what you smell. Take note of what God is saying to you right now for that moment. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but right now. And if we can do that, then we will be victorious in Christ Jesus. We will no longer allow the enemy to steal these gifts, our presence, if you will, from us. Romans eight thirty one and 37 says that God has loved us with an everlasting love. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? But God is the one who has appeared unto us. And he said it this way in Jeremiah 31 and 3. He says, the Lord appeared to me, appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with love and kindness have I drawn you. What does this mean? we look at the scripture, God is saying that he loved us before the foundation of the earth. He says that he loved us according to Psalm 39 and 13. He loved us as we were knitted together in our mother's wombs. And we were loved even on the day that we were born according, according to Psalm 71 and 6. So we are loved. And he's saying because you are my child, we are his children. He's very much concerned about us. And he is looking for great things to come forth. His desire is for us to prosper and for our souls to prosper. And so on tonight, I want to close by encouraging you to make a choice to live in the now. Now faith is. It is in the now that you take action. It is in the now that you cast down. It is in the now that you do warfare. It is in the now that you decree and declare. And it is in the now that you receive everything God has for you. You pray my strength in the Lord and live in the now.